It's, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, wonderful weather. I'm sure that this is the first place that all of you want to be. But if... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it is. But if it weren't, where's the other place you would be on a day like this? You'd be in the garden, wouldn't you? Which, bizarrely, is exactly where most of the story is set uh, when it comes to Easter morning. So either way, you win. Um, I'd, I'd like you to just pray with me. First of all, if you would. Heavenly Father, we come to you to thank you for today. Uh, It it is, as one song calls it, the greatest day in history. And yet, it's difficult because there are so many greatest days where you are involved. The greatest day when Jesus was born. The greatest day when he died to show his love for us. The greatest day when he rose the greatest day when he will come back. How do, how do we rank those in any kind of order? Because they're all part of your marvellous and wonderful plan, Lord. What I pray this morning is that as we think about the resurrection of Jesus, we will all be prompted to look anew at what it means to us, what it means in our lives from day to day, Not just some point in history, but something that transforms the world, that transforms us. Something for which we truly and deeply thank you, Lord. Amen. I'm now going to um, tell you a little story. Uh, The first part of it is a true story, as is the bit that it leads on to. Um... There is something in this for the young ones. Hands up if you're under 20 and don't know this. No, 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 no. If you're under 20 and don't know the story of Peter Pan. Does there, is there anybody who doesn't know the story of Peter Pan? Right, okay. That's, that's a good start. So, so for the young ones, we're going to just briefly run through that and I'm going to tell you about a particular incident involving Peter Pan on stage. For those who are slightly older, so if, say, you were doing GCSE uh, English or A-level English, this story involves both dramatic irony and situational irony. (laughs) If you don't know what they are, we'll try to explain those as we go. And finally... There's something in this story that I want us each to latch on to. So that's for the rest of you. Okay. I once uh, went to the theatre for a performance of Peter Pan. Uh, I can't actually... It's not the most popular of pantomimes, I don't think. You know, we often see Cinderella, we see other things. But this was Peter Pan. And the great thing, of course, about Peter Pan is you get to see people fly, you know, even if you can see the wires. So, briefly, the story... And you should remember, too, I think, that Peter Pan is set in sort of Edwardian England because it would never get released these days. I mean, let's see the start of the story. This strange, shadowy figure appears in this children's bedroom and takes them away. Yeah? Charlotte would be round in a minute. <laughs> it's not, it's not uh, a good start, is it? 
Not only do the children get taken away, but they end up fighting pirates and crocodiles and, uh, and joining a whole band of people who are called the Lost Boys. What we often forget is Mr. and Mrs. Darling, the children's parents, at home, wondering where their children have gone. And when all their adventures are over, they come back. So this is the point of dramatic irony, because we sat in the audience know that the children are safely back in bed. Mrs. Darling doesn't. The lights are out on the stage, and Mrs. Darling is stood by the side. Oh, my children, my children, what has happened to my children? When out from the audience, a boy of about four or five goes, Turn the light on! What do you do in that situation? The, the dramatic moment has suddenly turned into farce. The woman dried completely. She did not know how to cope with this at all, and she just stood there on the stage, open-mouthed. It is probably every actor's worst nightmare. <laughs> <coughs> The silence descended over the whole audience. Everybody turned round to look at the boy, not at what was going on on stage. What, as the parents of a child like that, do you do? Well, my father is over 20 stone and he tried to get himself under the chairs in order to distance himself from the one who had so embarrassed him. <clears throat> you <clears throat> See, you thought this was going to be Samuel's act, didn't you? And it isn't, it's me. Dramatic irony was the fact that we knew something that the person on stage didn't know. Situational irony is something else happened that nobody was expecting. Probably not even the four-year-old me. So, that's what Easter morning was like. We come at it from the benefit of knowing the story. Every Easter Sunday, we, on, on Good Friday, we think about the crucifixion of Jesus. And we kind of almost try to pretend to ourselves that we don't know what's going to happen on Sunday because... You know, we want to be in the moment of, of loss and think about that. But we do. We know what's going to happen. And the women go to the tomb on Sunday morning. We know what's going to happen. They didn't. They went there. They'd seen Jesus, Jesus die. They'd started to prepare his body for burial. But they got cut short because... The Sabbath came, they had to leave it, they went away. On the Sunday morning, they came back laden down with all sorts of uh, spices and so on in order to anoint the, the, the body. Um, 
Jewish burial was a two-stage process. First of all, you, you put the, the body in the, in the tomb and you, you covered it in spices so that it, it didn't smell too, too bad. And then about 18 months, two years later, you came back when it had all decayed, you picked all the bones up, you stuck them in a box and you shoved that on a shelf. And that was, that was what they did. So they, they were part way through this process. They'd started preparing the body, they hadn't finished, they came back, they'd got a job to do. The body wasn't there. So let me ask the youngsters again, just to check if you're paying attention. What do you know that the women didn't know? Where did that voice come from? Oh, Dad. <laughs> Say it a bit louder. He has, he has risen. What do we know that the women didn't know? He... I'm going to try once more, and I'm, I'm really going... He has risen. Yeah. <laughs> it changes the whole story. It is the turning... And... I promise you, the story um, of the women uh, was true. Uh, and the story of the boy in the theatre, unfortunately, was also true. Uh, which brings the point. So, let me, let me ask you another question. And again, I'm going to try and direct this more at young ones. How do you think the women felt when they got there what do you devastated confused any other suggestions I'm, I'm, I think so and, and surprised and then the very first thing that God um says to them through the angels is to turn their perceptions around and here's a little homework for you which I'll give before the uh, before the young people go out uh, and that is look at everything that happened from the time that Jesus rose to the time that he ascended back in heaven and every time I think, and I'm, good, I'm happy to be corrected if I'm wrong, every time he changes their perceptions. They expect something, and every single time Jesus changes that expectation or changes what they're feeling. Yeah, I can see brains whirring now. So, I'm now going to skip um, to the end of the story because the great thing about it is that Jesus dying and Jesus rising again was better for them and better for us. It wasn't, it, none of this was a bad thing. So, although they were surprised and they were uncertain and they were confused and, and whatever, all of that changed 
so here's a spoiler alert if you don't know the end of, of the story. It's better for us now, Jesus said, if I don't go away, the comforter will not come. So it's better for us now, and it's better for us in the future, because he said, I'm going away because I'm coming back. So all of those things are linked, ultimately, to the culmination of God's plan in the return of Jesus and the establishment of his kingdom. And none of that could have happened without that confusion and that pivotal change where things were not what people expected. So if you get something that you don't expect, don't always think it's something bad, because often it isn't. So I think um, now those who are doing youth church can go. Um, A lot of what I want to um, share with you this morning in terms of my thoughts about resurrection, um, start off uh, at least uh, on the road to Emmaus. And uh, Emily is going, so for the first time uh, reading to us, is going to read from Luke chapter 24, And from verse 13 to verse 34. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but he didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them that what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and they disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. It's a great deal of confusion going on. The women went down to the tomb to prepare the body. 
Wasn't it? Um, Peter and John went down. They didn't find the body. 